Heavenly Father, we are in need of your grace tonight. We are in need of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask in a special way that you would come down and speak to us now. Father, as angels take their places in this room, both good and evil, may, you, may your angels that excel in strength be victorious tonight. Lord, may some soul who came into this room nonchalantly, not expecting anything serious to happen in his or her life. May that person come face to face with you tonight. Prepare their hearts. Prepare our hearts. And hide me behind your cross, Jesus. And in his name we pray, amen. Well, I would like to uh, thank SEYC for the invitation uh, to speak to you. And uh, I pray that this will be a blessing to you. My little five-year-old girl certainly prays that <laughs> this will be a blessing to you. Uh, she, I got here today and she said, okay, daddy, can you come home now? And I said, uh, just count to four days, and then I'll be back before you know it. And so um, I want to pray that God will really uh, speak to us over these next few days through his word. How many of you are looking forward to being regenerated? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, we are living in incredible times. How many of you realize that? Uh, incredible things are happening uh, all around us. Uh, this weekend, uh, big events. Over the last couple of uh, weeks and months, uh, things have been unfolding that uh, are uh, sending Seventh-day Adventists back to the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. This evening, I'd like to talk to you about uh, what I've entitled the coming oil crisis the coming oil crisis. And I believe, beloved, that the oil crisis, I mean, how many of you realize we're in an oil crisis right now? Okay. The coming oil crisis will, I believe, ultimately affect every one of us and will lead some, will lead many on planet Earth to end up receiving the mark of the beast. And so tonight, we're going to pick apart this, uh, this oil crisis, and I want to share with you a couple of facts that I found interesting. Uh, there are 98 oil-producing countries. How many of you knew that? Good. I didn't know it either until I looked it up. 98 oil-producing countries in the world. Of those 98, 60 of them have reached their geological peak. In other words, they are now, scientists believe that 60 of the 98 countries are running out of oil. What's that going to do to our prices? 
it's going to send it higher. Uh, um, the fact is that uh, when demand exceeds what? Supply, chaos is going to hit. How many of you believe that? Yeah. Uh, a couple of interesting things. When, when this takes place, when, when oil gets more and more scarce, it drives the prices of, of everything else up higher, and one thing that increases is crime. Um, I had uh, one of my members parked in the parking lot of our church on Sabbath, had a full tank of gas, and after the service went outside, car wouldn't start, someone had siphoned or stolen his gas. People are getting desperate, and as all goes up, everything else is going up, and when, when prices go up, crime, lawlessness increases. Uh, travel is also becoming more difficult because of the oil crisis. Uh, on my way here, I had three bags with me. They were going to charge me $140. For the three bags. And you don't look surprised. <laughs> it's like, oh, they do it to us all the time. But the airlines are not charging for everything. Water is about to cost us money. I don't really know that. I'm just telling saying that. But but the oil prices are are driving, it's causing travel to be more difficult. Uh, uh, prices for tickets are themselves going up. People are reverting to driving, and even that is becoming more and more strenuous because of the costs. And uh, we know that because of this, there are many people that are looking for what? Alternative forms of energy, alternative sources of energy. Beloved, I believe that this oil crisis... <clears throat> that is causing crime to increase, that is causing travel to become more difficult, that is leading people to look for different alternative sources. All these things are going to play a major role in bringing about the final events we've often spoken about. The Bible actually tells us and has spoken long ago about an oil crisis. And in case you thought tonight I was going to bore you with the oil crisis that is taking place in the Middle East and in here in this country, I'd like for you to open your Bibles, if you have them, to the book of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Please notice with me verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps. Ha! I hope you are ready tonight. <laughs> and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no... <laughs> Just getting a little excited, that's all. Took no oil with them. Verse 4, but the wise 
did what? Took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. Supply, demand has exceeded supply. Beloved, I believe that the oil crisis that is going on in the physical world today is simply di distracting or diverting God's people, the minds of God's people from the real oil crisis that we are facing, and that is an oil crisis that is happening in the very midst of God's church today. The coming oil crisis. The Bible says, continuing on, in verse 9, but the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there not be enough for us in you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. <clears throat> Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour that the Son of Man cometh. Beloved, we are looking at a verse that is describing the church in the last days, and that verse tells us the time is coming where we will find ourselves in an oil crisis. What is the oil? I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 27. Very quickly, Exodus 27. Exodus chapter 27, and I want you to notice with me verse 20. Exodus 27 verse 20, the Bible says there, And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure, what? Oil, olive, beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn hot. Always. We see here from this verse, beloved, that the purpose of oil in God's mind was to cause the lamps to burn hot always, continually, that our lights would never go out. That is the purpose. Five of the, the five foolish virgins did not carry enough oil and therefore their lamps went out. But notice again with me the book of Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah, the fourth chapter. Zechariah chapter 4, notice with me. Verse 4, rather we'll start with verse 2. It says, And he said unto me, What seest thou? I said, I, and I said, I looked, and behold, a candlestick of gold with a bowl on the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, seven pikes to the seven lamps, which were upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, the other upon the left side. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he spake and said unto me, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my what? Spirit. In other words, what he was seeing there was that the lamp was burning and it was... <clears throat> It was the oil that caused the lamp to burn. He says, what is this? And the angel tells him, the lamp burns not by might nor by power, but by God's what? 
Spirit. So the oil represents everyone, the Holy Spirit. There is a crisis in God's church, an oil crisis. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. Listen, the Bible tells us in the book of John, uh, Jesus says there, the time is coming where they that worship me was worship me in what? Spirit and in truth. The purpose God has given the Holy Spirit to us is for us to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A what, everyone? personal relationship therefore when the bible tells us that these five foolish virgins were unprepared it is simply another way of saying these five foolish virgins did not have a personal relationship with jesus christ signs of the times october 31st 1900 ellen white says this for all who desire to follow him his example is left on record Prayer sanctified his ministry. What sanctified his ministry? Prayer. Strength and vigor for daily duty are derived from worshiping God in the beauty of holiness. The lamp must be filled with the holy oil before its light can shine amid the moral darkness. How do I get oil to fill my lamps? I've got to pray. There is a crisis in God's church today you say pastor uh, I don't see any crisis listen fact let me read for you desire of ages page 636 everything in the world is in agitation we just noted earlier by the way that chaos hits when supply or demand exceeds what supply what are we all looking for we're looking for the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, is there a shortage of the Spirit of God on planet Earth today? <laughs> Let me read it for you. The signs of the times are ominous. Coming events cast their shadows before us. The Spirit of God is withdrawing from the earth. The crisis is stealing gradually upon us. Beloved, because of the hardness of men's hearts, the Spirit of God is being moved, pushed away, being withdrawn from planet Earth. Are we in an oil crisis? That's why the Bible tells us in Isaiah 55 verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he is near. Now is the time for us, beloved, to get a personal relationship with Christ. So number one, we know that we're in an oil crisis because the Spirit of God is being moved from planet Earth because men are hardening their hearts. Number two, we also said that crime increases whenever there is an oil crisis. Listen, beloved, there is a reason why there is so much backbiting and gossiping and bickering and anger and hatred in God's church. It is a sign that we are in an oil crisis. Because iniquity shall abound, the Bible says, the love of many will what? Wax cold. Are we in an oil crisis, beloved? Whenever you can't talk to somebody else in the church, evidence that we are in an oil crisis. 
And so we see here, beloved, that not only are we finding uh, uh, that, that, that lawlessness or iniquity is increasing in the church, our, the, the, this oil crisis is also affecting travel. You say, Pastor, how is that? Well, listen, the Bible tells us that God sends three angels. What do we call it? The three angels' messages. And where are these angels to go? Into all the world. Travel. <laughs> Travel. <laughs> They're to go into all the world, but they have not gone into all the world because God's people are running out of fuel. How many of you are alive out there tonight? Let's see. Raise good, good, good. Okay. God's people are running out of fuel, and therefore they're getting burnt out. And so the message that's been, been, been given to us to go around the whole world, we still have a lot of work to do. Sign number four that we're in an oil crisis is when we've, we realize that people are beginning to look for alternative. <laughs> May I preach? <laughs> alternative forms of energy. So we're trying to find what can, we, what can we substitute for genuine prayer? What can we substitute to make us feel good about our relationship with Jesus Christ? I know we'll use music. We'll use a cheap gospel. We'll use cheap grace. God loves you no matter what. We'll use whatever we can. And God says, listen, there are no alternatives to this form of power. In fact, Ellen White tells us, prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. No other means of grace can be substituted mercy. And the health of the soul be preserved. Prayer brings the heart into immediate contact with the wellspring of life and strengthens the sinew and muscle of the religious experience. If you want regeneration... There's only one way to get it. Pray. Pray. You say, Pastor, pray. That kind of sounds weak. I want you to listen on. Neglect the exercise of prayer or engage in prayer spasmodically now and then as seems convenient. How many of you pray when it's convenient? Don't raise your hand. And you will lose your hold on God. The spiritual faculties lose their vitality. The, relig the religious experience lacks health and vigor. It is only at the altar of God that we can kindle our tapers with divine fire. Prayer, beloved. What is the solution? Let me ask you. What is the solution to the oil crisis? Come on, man. Somebody get this. No. Give it to me in the words I'm looking for. What is the solution to the oil crisis? Somebody tell me, please. Drill. Drill now. 
Beloved, we've got to get rid of our shallow prayer experience. We must go deeper. Amen. Amen. <sighs> I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. We must go deeper with God. The problem is we are, we are not drilling where the oil is. We are not going deep enough. We are having a shallow prayer experience, a shallow religious experience. And because of that, beloved, we are going to end up in a very scary place. The Bible tells us that the Spirit searcheth the deep, the what? Deep things of God. And so God says it's time to get up and to start what? Drilling. There are strong temptations before us, sharp tests. Heavenly Places, page 347. The commandment-keeping people of God are to prepare for this time of trial by obtaining a deeper, a what? A deeper experience in the things of God and a practical knowledge of the righteousness of Christ. Beloved, the difference between the five wise and the five foolish is the five wise decided to drill. The five foolish saw no need to drill. Listen, let me go on here. Jesus, as our example, fought a battle. The major battle that Jesus fought was where? On a hill called Calvary or Golgotha. But where did Jesus win the battle of Golgotha? Was it on Golgotha? No. Where was it? Gethsemane. It was Gethsemane. Do you catch that? Jesus won the battle of Golgotha in Gethsemane. In other words, Jesus had the oil before the crisis hit. Amen. Beloved, there are many of us that are waiting for some major cataclysmic event, a Sunday law, or some major announcement that Satan is about to set up his throne, and then we'll say, okay, now it's time for me to pray. Beloved, this is exactly what the five foolish virgins did. They waited around, and when the crisis hit, then they said, uh oh, we better get oil. How many of us in this room tonight would I ask, you are being foolish right now, and if you were to be honest, would raise your hand, don't raise your hand. But how many of us are sitting, waiting, watching for certain events before we say, okay, you know what, uh, the Sunday law, how, do, how can I phrase this? The Sunday Christian's rapture is our Sunday law. You didn't catch that. For many people, they're saying, when I see the rapture take place, then I'll know that God is serious. And I'll, then I'll get ready. For many of us Adventists, when we see the Sunday law, now the Sunday law is factual, the rapture is fictional. So I'm not comparing it in that sense. Amen. But when we see the Sunday law, then we'll get ready. Beloved, this is exactly what the five foolish virgins did. Sun Tzu, military strategist from, six, from the 6th century AD, wrote this. The victorious warrior wins first and then goes to battle. Defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. 
You didn't catch that. <laughs> Defeated warriors or victorious warriors win first and then go to battle. Defeated warriors go to battle and then seek to win. Beloved, Jesus, before he stepped foot on the battlefield of Golgotha, won the victory in Gethsemane. That's why Ellen White tells us, uh, um, she says the greatest victories to the church or Christ, it, or the church of Christ or to the individual Christian are not those that are gained by talent or education, by wealth or the favor of men. They are those victories that are gained in the audience chamber with God when earnest, agonizing faith lays hold upon the mighty arm of power. The reason why there is an oil crisis in our church is because God's people are not seriously drilling. So, the question is, the solution is to drill. The question is, where do we drill? You know, do I go out in my backyard and start drilling? People come by, what are you doing? I'm drilling for oil. <laughs> We're in oil crisis, don't you know? <laughs> huh? No? You've got to drill in the right place. You've got to find the right location. And so the Bible tells us where that place is, what that location is. Go back with me to the book of Exodus chapter 27. Exodus chapter 27. Man, I, this is so exciting that you should probably just say amen before I even say it. So just say amen. Good. Thank you. The, the, oh, listen, listen to this, beloved. Exodus 27 verse 20. The Bible says here, And thou shalt, thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil. What? Olive, beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. Where were they to get the oil? From the olive. But just the olive? The olive what? Beaten. Some translations read, the bruised olive. Okay, let me uh, try to help you out here. You see, Isaiah 53 verse 5 speaks of Jesus Christ, and it says of him that he was what? Bruised. He was what? Bruised for our iniquity. He was bruised. He was crushed for our iniquities. Now, I want you to understand something here. You know, Jesus... Uh, <laughs> turn with me to Matthew 26. Who can tell me where was Jesus bruised? Where did that bruising begin? Where? It began where? You're kind of nervous now. You don't want to answer wrong. You can answer. It began in... Gethsemane. You'll remember that Jesus, as he prayed in the, excuse me, in the garden, began to what? Sweat. Great drops of blood. That's where his bruising began. But, but, but listen to this. Where in Gethsemane? Did the bruising begin? 
Where was the name of the place? The Mount of Olives. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that olive that was bruised, that olive, from that bruised olive, that's where the oil flows from. Listen to this. This is amazing. Youth Instructor, September 1, 1873, Ellen White says, says this, the olive groves were his sanctuary for prayer. There, secluded from every human eye, he communed with his heavenly Father. His moral powers were strengthened by his meditation and communion with God. Beloved, if you want the oil, you've got to drill in Gethsemane. You've got to have your Gethsemane experience. That's where the oil comes from. Listen to what she says again, Desire of Ages, page 734. The blood drops of agony that from his wounded temples flow down his face and beard were the pledge of his anointing with the oil of gladness. That blood that flowed down his face, she says, was the pledge of the anointing. What do you anoint with? Oil. You say, well, pastor, how is it that the blood and the oil is the same thing? Listen, Revelation 12, verse 11 tells us they overcame him by the what? Blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The question is, what is the blood of the lamb? Are you ready for this? Okay, nobody answered. <laughs> Just want to make sure you're out there. Listen, when Jesus said, except the man eat my flesh and drink my blood, was he talking about the literal flesh? No, he was talking about the Word of God. This is what the flesh is, the Word of God. So the question is, is it possible to eat the flesh and yet have no life in you? Yes, why? Because the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. So I can know my Bible backwards and forwards, understand Revelation and Daniel, be able to break it down and still have no life in me. You see, the life is that very thing that, the blood is the very thing that, that sustains life. Very simple question, and what is it that sustained the life of Jesus while he was here on earth? It was his prayer life, his communion with God. Blood moves in a cycle in the body, is that true? Yes, the, the, the heart pumps, the blood circulates around the body. Jesus says communion is like blood. The, the words I speak to you, he says, they are spirit and they are life. Imagine this with me. Jesus, when he would speak to his father, that would be like the blood going... Up. I only heard like five of you. <laughs> up. Say it with me, everyone. Oh, and when the father would speak back to his son, it would be like the blood flow coming. Man, you guys are smart. Ooh, college. And so whenever Jesus and his father, they had a continual what? Cycle of communion, which explains why in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus began to speak to his father, the words were going up, but nothing was coming down, and the Bible says that he began to sweat great drops of 
blood because the communion was being broken up. Now, beloved, listen. When someone says football, it's in my blood, what do they mean? They mean that it means they live for it. It means without football, they could possibly what? Die. When we say, when we talk about the blood of the Lamb, what was his blood? It was his communion with his Father. Do you have the blood of the Lamb? Do you begin to, to crunch over because you feel that the Father is not hearing your prayers anymore? Or do you just go about your day like, doo -doo Do you have the blood of the Lamb? The five wise virgins, they have the blood. They have the oil. They have that very spirit of Jesus Christ. The five foolish thought it was not so necessary. You understand now that the devil's whole job is to cut off the blood flow or to cut off the oil supply between you and God. So here's a question. How many of you want to be wise virgins? Are, are those hands in the back going up? Well, let me ask you. How many of you want to be foolish virgins? Raise your hand. Nobody foolish. Okay, so that means all of you want to be wise. How did the wise virgins become wise? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 1 verse 7 that the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. The five wise virgins, they feared the Lord. It means they were willing to do whatever the Lord said of them. They were willing to spend that solitary time in prayer. The five wise virgins spent that solitary time. They were pressed in Gethsemane. Ellen White tells us those who are unwilling to deny self, to agonize before God, to pray long and earnestly for his blessing will not obtain it. Wrestling with God, how few know what it is. How few have ever had their souls drawn out after God with intensity of desire until every power was on the stretch. What is your prayer life like? When you read the Bible, are you a surface reader? Beloved, God is calling us to go deeper. The reason that the five wise were wise, beloved, is because, let me say it this way, they went to school. Man. School of Christ. They were wise because they had entered into the school of Christ. They sat at the feet of their teacher. They, 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 they spent time in the divine library of heaven. Do you know what the divine library of heaven is? It's the mind of Christ. Let this what? Mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. They sat at the feet of the teacher. They were properly attired for school. You know you got to have proper attire for school, right? Jesus, the Bible tells us that, that we should put on the Lord, Jesus Christ. Every day they sat in prayer, it's as though they were sitting in the school of Christ, drilling deeper and deeper, Jesus becoming more and more of a personal friend to them. The five wise virgins didn't skip class. 
You just didn't catch that just now. <laughs> they were not skipping class. Every morning in heaven, God has a roll call list. Charlie, here. Tina, sleeping. How many classes did the foolish virgin skip out on? I'm not going to class today. I'm not going to sit at the feet of the teacher today. They thought they were having fun. Man, this stuff is boring. I'm going to go do other stuff. I got more important things to do. They skipped class. They skipped roll call. Beloved, one thing my parents told me, stay in school or else you'll be a... <laughs> oh boy. Beloved, the, the five wise, they stay in school, they learn from the master, they, they, they get a personal relationship with Jesus. How many of you ever uh, sat in class for five minutes and then left? Don't raise your hand. There's cameras in here, I think. What could you possibly learn from a class that you entered in and stayed there for five minutes and then left? Do you think you could learn anything of any great significance to prepare you for the finals coming up? The finals coming up? <laughs> Nothing. You would want to be in class that whole... And I don't know, is there any class um, on campus that lasts five minutes? Ten? What is the average? 45 minutes to an hour, some longer. Beloved, listen, if, if earthly subjects take our, our, dull, <laughs> our dull minds, 45 minutes to an hour to get the picture, how much time do you think we should be giving to God as we sit in his classroom? Many of us enter in a classroom, we check here, and then we disappear not realizing that a final is coming up. The five wise were in school every day, and because they were in school every day, they were prepared for the graduation ceremony. They were prepared for their graduation pictures. You say, what graduation pictures? Christ is sitting for his portrait in every disciple, waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. Desire of Ages, page 826. How many of you want to be ready for your graduation pictures? Whew. Do you realize when the Bible says that the righteous were seen standing on a sea of glass mingled with fire, do you know that's the graduation ceremony? Where the righteous will take their crowns and fling them to the feet of Jesus? Beloved, you don't want to be left back for summer school. This will be the most terrifying summer school you will ever go to. No summer school. Graduate, I beg of you. Graduate. 
And so the five wise are wise because they went to school. They stayed in the classroom of Christ. Ellen White tells us again, our prayers will take the form of a conversation with God as we would talk with a friend. He will speak his mysteries to us personally. Often there will come to us a sweet, joyful sense of the presence of Jesus. Often our hearts will burn within us as he draws nigh to commune with us as he did with Enoch. The five wise knew Jesus personally. What about the five foolish? Proverbs 20 verse 4. Turn there with me quickly. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4. Listen to what the Bible says here. The sluggard will not what? Hmm. By reason of the cold. Therefore shall he what? Beg in harvest and have nothing. Those who refuse to plow. What's another word for plow? There you go. Those who refused to drill because they were too lazy, because they didn't want to put forth the effort, they didn't want to have to agonize as Jesus agonized in a garden. It says that they will beg in the harvest time. What are they going to be begging for? A relationship with Jesus Christ. It will be too late. In fact, I want you to notice something with me. This oil crisis actually goes all the way back to heaven. Notice with me Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 13. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. We don't need to turn there. You know the verse. Jesus, or Satan there says, I will ascend above the clouds. You remember reading that? How many of you remember reading that? Isaiah 14, verse 11, 12, somewhere around there. He says, I will ascend above the clouds. Amazing thought. That word for clouds is actually a singular word. In some, in, in, in some Bibles, it's actually translated the cloud. He said, I will ascend above the cloud. Now, why is that significant? What was Lucifer saying? when he said, I will ascend above the cloud. Listen, how many of you remember that God manifested himself in a cloud when he led the children of Israel through Egypt? Lucifer was saying, I will ascend above the cloud. He was, it's not the way of him saying, I will ascend above God. But the cloud represented something else. The cloud represented one's communing with God. You'll remember that God called Moses up into a cloud to commune with him. The high priest was to enter into the most holy place with a cloud of incense representing what everyone? The prayers of the saints. The high priest could not enter in without this cloud. In other words, it was saying that the high priest had to have a connection with Christ. Jesus himself is said to enter into the Father's presence with a cloud. He was setting an example for us. We try to enter the presence of God without having personal communion with him. What will happen to us? We will be what? Destroyed. Consumed. And so what the devil was saying was, I can ascend, I can exalt myself without having a personal connection with God. I don't know if you caught that. Lucifer wanted to exalt himself and he said, I can ascend, I can, I can go far, I can be better than, than, I can get better without being connected with God. 
You know what many of us are saying today? I can ascend into heaven. You don't, you don't get it. I don't need to have such a deep, deep, deep prayer life in order to ascend into heaven. Look, I'm giving Bible studies. I don't need to pray. I can ascend above the cloud. In fact, in Ezekiel, the Bible says, calls Lucifer the anointed cherub. What does the word anointed mean? Set apart. How was one anointed? <laughs> Listen, beloved, the anointing causes one to shine. Lucifer began to trust in the light and forget about the What do the five foolish do? They trust in the light. I know the truth. I know about the Sabbath. I know that it's wrong to eat unclean foods. And they forget about the oil that keeps the light, what? Burning. Listen. We're getting ready to close. The time is coming where there will be no more oil available. Mm -hmm. Revelation 7, 1, 4 talks about a time where the four angels will stand on the what? Four corners of the earth. And at that point in time, there will be no more, what, oil available. When they let go of those four winds, the crisis hits. I want to share something with you that's going to terrify you, uh, that's going to shock you. It shocked me when I heard it, when I saw it from the Scripture. Something amazing. The Bible says when those five foolish virgins went to the five wise, that the five wise told them, what did they tell them? Go and what? Buy for yourselves. Was that good advice? No. You say, why, pastor? I'll tell you why. Because no one knows at that point that probation has what? Closed. So the five wise are just simply trying to say, listen, you better go hurry up and buy for yourselves. But probation has closed. And when probation closed, anyone who wants to buy or sell must receive. Ooh. These five foolish virgins now go out to buy, but the problem is no more oil is available. Now is the time that they're going to seek to get a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The problem is that as they're going to buy oil, little do they realize that the only oil available is foreign. And so they go. But what's happened to their lamps? 
they've gone out. And when a lamp goes out, you can't see. And so, as they go out into the dark, Seventh-day Adventists, as they go out, they're going to hear a voice saying, Lo, here is Christ. And a being of dazzling appearance will come upon them and they'll look, but in the darkness, they can't really see. Who is it? It looks like Jesus. This is the one that we're going to have a personal relationship. Seventh-day Adventists. Because their lamps had gone out, will not be able to tell the difference between a counterfeit Christ and Jesus Christ himself. Seventh-day Adventists who knew the truth. Seventh-day Adventists who had an understanding of the Sabbath, the sanctuary, because they failed to secure the oil before the crisis hit. They will pray, Father, give us thy spirit. And Satan will breathe upon them an unholy influence in which there is light, Power, but no sweet love, joy, or peace. Let me close with this verse here Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 10. I want you to notice this. Matthew 25, verse 10. The Bible says here While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. What is that when the bridegroom comes? That's the what? Second coming. Uh, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. That's all the what, everyone? Second what? Second coming. Afterward came also the other virgins. When is afterward? When is it? When is the afterward that the other virgins come to the, to the gates? It's after the what? 1,000 years. The virgins, the five foolish virgins, wake up in the second resurrection. Wait a minute. We're not supposed to be in this resurrection. Lord, it's us. It's us. You know us. But he answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. I know you not. Beloved, I've just painted a picture for you of the oil crisis that is to come. God is so loving that he would paint the picture for us from his word to say, listen, you don't need to go down this road. I've given you everything you need to be prepared. You're sitting saying, I can never be deceived. I know this stuff. Love it with no lamp, with no fire, you can't see. So I want to make a couple of appeals tonight. First, tonight you realize, you realize that you are being a foolish virgin.
Yeah, that's a challenging statement. But tonight you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, play, I'm skipping class. Lord, I want to be ready for the finals when they come. Lord, please teach me to drill and to drill now. If that's your desire, I'm going to ask you to come down to the front. This is not a matter Everyone, the Lord is speaking to you in particular. Your prayer life is fine. You stay right where you are. Don't get up. And and I know that there's some of you out there who are praying and experiencing. I'm talking about those who are not. You're saying, you know what? I am being foolish right now. As you're coming, a second appeal for those of you who have come. Lord. I have strayed away from what you have called me to. I came here and I've been having fun. I've been skipping class. I've been going to school. But Lord, my life is not right with you. And I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to be re-baptized. I'd like for you to raise your hand. Raise your hand where you are. Now, I can't see you, so I'm just going to have to ask you, as you raise your hand, to please find one of the leaders at SEYC and tell them I am one that made my decision because I cannot really see out there. Could you raise your hand nice and high? Nice and high. Here's my third appeal. You've never been baptized. And you're saying, Lord, tonight is the night. Why am I going to put this off? What am I waiting for? You know what the devil says? The devil says, wait until after you do that thing that we plan for next week. Don't listen to the voice of the devil tonight. You're saying, now is the time, Lord. I want to dedicate my life to you. I want to be baptized and join your fold, your movement to become a wise, wise virgin. Would you raise your hand? nice and high praise God nice and high I'm going to ask you the same beloved you know what I know I know I know that the devil does not want you to have a lamp burning bright he says you're young you have time beloved listen we don't have time You know what happened this past week. People were just living, you know, just life is regular one day. And next thing, two big companies down and people are like, what are we going to do? Listen, beloved, the final crisis will come upon us in that same manner. And if we are not ready beforehand, it will be too late. I'm going to ask one more time. Is there anyone else? Now is the time. Why wait? Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, the devil hates appeals. But Lord, you have called us to appeal to every heart and soul. Father, we pray tonight that we might all in this room be found to be wise virgins 
carrying the oil of your spirit. Let us tell the devil he may have all this world. Only give me that bruised olive. And Jesus, we thank you for what you are doing, will do, as a result of drilling and drilling now. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.